What's happening, everybody? I'm KD Wilson, and welcome to I Lead the Way, a podcast where our mission is to empower, inspire, and uplift educators and scholars around the world to be the best versions of themselves. By way of motivational moments, informative interviews, and real-life experiences, we're going to push the envelope in order to compel our listeners to lead the way no matter where you might be in your life. We believe and know that you were born on purpose, with purpose, and for a purpose. So let's live like it. All right. Hello, hello. My name is KD Wilson. Welcome to I Lead the Way, the podcast for educators, scholars, and people in the education field to come alongside, be yourself, and just hear some empowering, encouraging stuff that hopefully pump you up and make your day a little bit better. Uh, Today, I've got my friend and I guess technically family member, Chase Wilson, on here with me. Um, Mr. Wilson, how are you doing today? I'm great, KD. It's so awesome to be on the podcast with you today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, uh, for, for coming along. Where are you coming from? For the people that maybe don't know you, um, what do you do? Who are you? How'd you get there? Give me the, give me the rundown. Yeah, absolutely. So um, as you said, um, I'm Chase Wilson, and I'm currently an assistant director at Indiana University with our Office of First Year Experience Programs. What that means is that I'm one of the um, friendly faces that gets to help plan new student orientation for all of our incoming students, our first year or freshman students, transfer students, and also help um, help our family members of all those students as they get ready to come to Indiana University, whether it's for the spring semester, the fall semester, whenever they're coming. Um, I also have a few other fun hats I get to wear around campus with working with international students and um, a few different committees with um, rec sports and our bias response team, a whole bunch of um, really cool people that I get to connect with on the regular. That is awesome. So you definitely wear quite a few hats. That means you're probably well known around campus, I'm sure. <laughs> I like to think so. <laughs> so how'd you end up in the role that you're in? That That's a very unique one. Um, I have the opportunity and humbling uh, opportunity really to travel the country. I work with, you know, colleges, universities, high schools as well with students that are wanting to transition into um, the college atmosphere and see what that world's all about, you know, just having a chance to educate, do workshops, seminars, and so on. But I don't have a whole lot of friends uh, thus far that are in the role that you're in. So how'd you, how'd you stumble into that? Yeah, so not to go way, way back to the beginning, but might as well, right? So for me, what I currently do, I feel like a lot of this is tied to growing up um, I was always really involved in service and always involved in giving back to my community. Um, it, my dad is a United Methodist pastor. Growing up, I was always involved with the church and always involved with some sort of project going on around town. Um, in high school, I transferred between my sophomore and, and junior year because we, dad got reappointed to a new church and that meant that I had to go to a new school. And that was, a, for me, a really critical point growing up because it really showed me how important it was to get involved in the community that I'm in and to make the most of the time that you have. Um, So our family joke was, you know, you only have two more years of high school. This is a really good time to practice what it's going to be like to get involved quickly when you get to college and have four years there. So after graduating, I went to the Ohio State University where (laughs) I, again, continue to get really involved. I, um, my, I, I was in our public affairs program at the John Glenn College of Public Affairs. Um, but outside of class, I was doing all sorts of things. I was getting involved in student organizations. 
I was looking for jobs on campus. My freshman year, I got started off as a front desk worker in my residence hall or dormitory and got to be one of the front faces that people met when they needed their mail. Um, it was really fun getting to meet the campus tours that would come through and talking with families as they were asking about what it's like to live in a, in a dorm at Ohio State. Um, I later on was a resident advisor and had a floor of residents that I would plan programs for on a regular basis. Um, and again, continue to try to find new ways to tap into my passions and continue to get involved and help support the student community there. Throughout all that experience, I had some really awesome mentors along the way that helped that helped really hone my interest in service and connecting with others. Hmm. Um, some shout outs to my hall director, Eric Jaborik, and um, our former director of rec sports at Ohio State, Don Stenta. Um, they were really critical in, in showing me that, you know, this thing that you're really interested in helping students and helping with the student development experience, there's a pathway for this that you can do professionally as well. So I then went to grad school at Indiana University of Bloomington, where I still currently am. And that was where I really started to learn a little bit more about some of the knowledge and theory behind this student development experience, and then got to take that theory and put it into practice. Um, I worked, again, continued to work in the residence halls, supervising RAs, um, continuing to help with programming, got involved with some student conduct stuff, um, advised a few different student organizations. And again, the main focus during that time as a grad student was, um, how do you help support students in all these different pockets? One of the cool things I got to do during that time was uh, um, I got to serve as a graduate intern with our new student orientation program for the summer orientation that, uh, between my two years of grad school. And that was where I really fell in love with orientation. I felt like orientation was this cool area where you get to be one of the front-facing people to help welcome families and students into your university or your college. And really set the tone about what the student experience could be like. So as I was getting ready to graduate, the opportunity came up to start full-time in the office as an assistant director. And I was really, again, still honored that I was able to, and am able to serve in this role. Um, so again, now the name of the game is, is focusing on that transition experience between high school or whatever, students are involved in before they come to IU, whether they're transferring or coming from, uh, or if they're a non-traditional student, um, what does that transition experience look like to help get you ready for success at Indiana University? Um, one of my the highlights of what I do is that I get to work every single day with really highly motivated student leaders, and I get to learn from them and from my colleagues every single day. So beyond just working with the incoming students, I have a core team of um, student staff who help the orientation leaders and my student coordinators who help mentor the orientation leaders and our graduate interns. Um, being able to work with them on a regular basis is um, such a fulfilling experience to um, help to work with highly motivated students like I was when I was in college. Wow, that is awesome. You're definitely one of those people that strikes me as a good front face. You know, when you come in, you're like, you know what? I like you. I don't know anything about you yet, but I like you. And you, you got one of those faces. Not everybody does. Some people, I've gone to some, some different campuses and been some places and, hey, how are you doing there? It's back there. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, never mind then. I'll just find it on my own, you know, but 
they say you only get first impressions one time. Yeah, definitely. It's and that's something that I think is so important as I'm working with my student leaders, how how we help communicate that. Um, you know, knowing that everyone has their own their own ish going on. Mm -hmm. um, students are coming in with their own set of experiences um, that might have been really excited to be there or might be really weighing really heavily on them. Likewise, my, my student staff members are coming in with their own set of experiences as well. So what is that I'm able to do to help make sure everyone is able to help support each other and help make sure that my student leaders are figuring out how they can how they can navigate their own experience to help make sure that none of that is being projected on to our incoming students. Um, what I tell them is that, you know, you have your experience as a student here at IU, how do we help give these incoming students a fresh palette so that way they can shape their experience and it's not based off of um, your particular single view. Yeah, that's actually, that's a very, very good point. I didn't think about that. Um, you know, prior to stepping into education like I do right now, I was a police officer actually for eight years. Um, I was a youth minister prior to that. So you know, I've, I understand kind of growing up in the church, between the church and military, the two places I grew up in. So I totally get it. Um, but I share that to say, you know, that oftentimes people aren't able to separate their own real life experience, where they are, what's happening with them, where their feet are planted in that moment and doing maybe what needs to be done, you know? So it's really interesting to kind of, for you to bring that up and to say, I have to charge, you know, those that are, are under my leadership or serving alongside me to make sure they're able to put certain things, you know, to the wayside, because sometimes people don't even realize that you are, you are tr transitioning and transferring the energy that you have from whatever you've experienced into somebody else or into someone else's, you know, viewpoint. And, that can happen really quickly, especially non-verbally. Like you said, you know, you walk in and somebody might smile at you, but their body's saying something completely different, you know, or they might, their body might be kind of slumped over, but they're super cheesy up here, you know? So, you know, like you said, with, with figuring out how to navigate what's happening in my own personal life, we are still in the midst of all this pandemic stuff. There's so many unanswered questions. I'm sure they have school going on, family stuff, gotta go to work, gotta get, like all these different things happening. You know, and how how do I put aside the fact that I got a professor that I don't like, you know, or that I got a class is getting on my nerves and now I'm supposed to come along and cheer you up, you know, yeah. um, but it's it's a it's a part of leadership. Leadership is not just about what's convenient. It's about stepping into, you know, what it is that needs to be done, understanding the why understanding the foundation of it and realizing that the effects and re results and rewards from that can be massive if it's done the right way. So that that's huge, man, that you take the time to um, to really sew into them, you know, in, in that capacity. Um, I know I, I kind of, you know, alluded to it a little bit earlier when I said, you know, you only get a first impression, you know, one time. Um, what is it about, I guess, your office uh, that, or, or the, the company that, that you keep there that makes you all stand out. Obviously, you know, when somebody comes in, like you said, you're that that front forward facing, hey, we're here to welcome you in, you know, but I guess in your own in your own words, what makes your office special? I think it's really that we've created a team that is really empathetic. I I don't think that we could do what we do without having that as one of our main core values. We have if there's 
so my office is the Office of First Year Experience Programs. We work from um, from the moment that students say that they're going to come to IU and they've paid that, that intent to enroll, we're working with them all the way through their first year, mm. well past orientation. And so with that, um, there are a whole bunch of calls and emails that you can expect that we get of what does orientation look like? What do we need to expect? What do we need to bring? What do we need to do? Because we're also the first year, we also get the calls of, I'm not sure about what to do. How do um, I don't have any friends yet on campus? How do I make friends? How do I get involved? How do I get connected? And then we also get the calls of my toilet is clogged and this is part of my experience. So how can you help me fix this? Real life. So with that whole gamut of what we might get on a regular basis, um, while there's you know some snark and some like some annoyance that we might have internally, it's like, okay, this is a complaint that the person's having. How do we help address this? How do we help them figure out the next step to, um, to help be happy and help be successful? Um, and then if ultimately the goal is for the students that we have here to be ha happy and successful. And yes, we would love for students to get all the way through and graduate from IU and get that degree. Um, sometimes though, like there are things that happen along the pathway that might not, that might impede a student's success to graduation. Um, and so for us, it's about how do we help connect them with the right resources? Do we need to connect them with our Office of Student Advocates? And um, is there a situation going on that it means for the student to be happy and successful, does the student need to take a pause from their college experience, maybe leave IU for a little bit? Um, if so, what does that need to look like? Is there a re-entrance strategy? So for us, while we might not have all the answers for what that exit strategy might need to look like, we have at our tool, for us, it's about figuring out who we bring on board to help with the student's experience to best connect them. Um, if we're talking about a student needing additional help because they're an international student, let's get them in contact with our Office of International Services to get them the info that they need. Um, for the clogged toilets, we're going to work with facilities to figure out um, who needs to, one, is the student in the classroom building or are they in their, or in the, in, are they in their dorm room? So, right. Um, yeah, it's really about utilizing the team and um, also an, another important thing that I work with my team to recognize is as you're getting all these um, all these calls, all these emails, all these questions from students, the student is asking you because they trust you. They mm -hmm. look at you as a representative of IU. To you, to them, you are wow. IU. So while you might not be the Office of International Services or Maintenance or um, Housing or whoever it is, how can you help guide the student through the process um, to help them feel comfortable and secure with that without just saying, sorry, not my job. Try again yeah. with a different number. Wow, man, you, you hit a whole lot just now that I didn't really consider before. One, like you said, at, at the, the base of it all, if I'm calling you, I'm assuming that you either can help me find the answer or you have the answer, which whether people want to admit that or not, it does have a connection with trust, right? I'm exactly. trusting that you are going to do your best to help me solve this problem because I don't know what to do. I need help and support right now. Can you help me? So that's huge. The, the other thing that really stands out, um, which I'm, I've written a couple of books on leadership, um, just thinking about the, the role that you're in, you all have, like, it's not even optional. You have to function as a team. Like it is absolutely mandatory because you're not in a position to be able to serve everybody at the same time. You're only one person, you know? So 
you all have to be, if not on the same page, pretty doggone close to it, you know, at, at all times. But also, like you said, you know, empathy is a big thing where you are able to, or at least you're, you're charging those working alongside you to say, hey, um, we don't know what someone's life experience was before they stepped foot on this campus. You know, let's help them find their place. Let, let's help them understand that they're still just as valuable. They're still just as welcome. They're still just as loved to the best of our ability with what we know of them, you know, to come in here and, and to be their best. Um, how can we do that? Um, because that, that empathy piece is, is really big. I'm, I'm huge on the word belonging. And oftentimes, you know, people, they, I, I had scholars tell me, you know, Katie, I, I don't fit in here. And I'm like, man, listen, just because you don't fit in doesn't mean you don't belong. You know, fitting and belonging are not the same thing. There's plenty of times where you know, I went to Duke University for my, my grad school. I didn't feel like I fit in there. You know, I come from very humble beginnings, you know, uh, substance abuse happening in the house, family was fighting all the time, bunch of crazy nonsense going on. I had to figure out my own way, you know, through undergrad, you know, grad school. I did all those things by myself. So I don't come from, you know, a ton of like academic support and financial support as opposed to some of the students that I was sitting alongside, you know, in, in grad school there. And I did not feel like I fit in but I realized that had absolutely nothing to do with my sense of belonging. Mm -hmm. Because if I had earned my way there, I had done it the right way, then nobody was gonna tell me that I didn't have the ability to do what I was after. You know, and I would say the same thing to, to any student, you know, that I ran into that was stepping into college. Hey, you might not feel like you fit in for a little bit. There's different, you know, teams and clubs and groups and things that you can start to find your fit in, but at bare minimum, you better understand that you belong. If this is where you want to be, you belong just based on your humanity, based on the fact that you've done what you needed to to get here. And yeah, I can don't I'll get off my, my soapbox. I, I get stuck. Oh, oh no, it's that's really the essence of what it is that I feel that I do that the people who I work with is that sense of belonging is such an integral value of what what we're about. Um, if you get a chance to talk with other other people in the higher education realm, that sense of belonging is really frequently referred to over and over and over. Mm -hmm. For our orientation program, that's one of our goals is to help instill, start that sense of belonging at IU. Um, while we talk about the business of what you, we call it the business of being a Hoosier. What are, the, what are the facts? What are the things you need to be able to do to be a student? How do you register? How do you access the health center? But then to help get more of that sense of belonging, how do we help equip the student to imagine what being happy and successful and healthy at IU looks like? What is it going to be like on that first day? What does it feel like to take college classes for the first time? What is it like when you struggle with midterms and maybe get your first F on a project? Yep. What are the things that you're able to do to build that resiliency plan? Um, knowing that things aren't always going to be perfect, knowing that there are going to be mistakes made along the way, how do we help you feel comfortable with that? And how do we help you figure out Again, what are the next steps of what, I, of what I can do to be successful here? If we're able to help the student feel that sense of comfort, they're going to be more likely to go from orientation to actually attend IU. And if that sense of belonging is able to continue to be reinforced during welcome week programs and students come back to campus, if it's enforced in the classrooms of faculty, in and out of the classroom, if it's enforced in student orgs and all the different spaces students are in, then they're going to be more likely to thrive in that setting. If not, 
a student might leave that campus and find somewhere else or might end up giving up on higher ed entirely because they're because of again that trust is broken right right man that that's a that's a mouthful um <laughs> one of my quotes is you know the the seed determines the potential but the soul determines the growth um and i tell students that and the educators as well and when i when i break that that quote down to them i'm basically saying that you know and an apple an apple tree has everything it needs to be you know locked up inside that seed but if it's put in bad soil, it, it's either going to rot or grow. That's the only two things it can do. It's either going to, you know, lay dormant and junk's going to go around it and it's going to seep back into the soil and die off and not, not reach its full potential. Or it's going to have the right nutrients in that soil, the right amount of sun, the right amount of water. And it's going to blow up and, and do something amazing. It's the same thing with students where when they're coming into a new atmosphere, they're, they're now a seed and a very large campus that is soil, you know, so for you, you get to be that, that growth factor at the very beginning to start them out strong, you know, and that's, um, it, it really is something that's, that's beneficial because I remember my orientation, you know, there's, everybody's in the, in the, the visitor phase, you know, we're all looking around and, you know, where do we go from here? But man, when you have people that are willing to step in with you, and step alongside you and not just tell you what to do, where to go, though that's definitely helpful and necessary, but also to, to really befriend you and say, hey, you know, welcome and just be themselves. You can, you can sense when people are being genuine, at least I can, I know most folks can. You can typically sense when somebody's being genuine, they're just kind of blowing smoke to check off a box. Um, you know, but man, there, there's nothing like coming in contact with a genuine, authentic person. Because when you do, it can be the determining factor between staying or going, you know, and and so many other factors in your life. But like you said, going back to the trust piece, just knowing that, you know what, I don't know about everybody else, but that chase. Yeah, I, I can I can go back that that's that's trust right there, because I remember our conversation about X, Y and Z, you know, or when my toilet got clogged up or I sent an email about this. And, you know, trust is is a factor in this world today that. I think it's just, it's, it's here and there, you know, we don't really know, you know, who you can and who you can't, man, but that's, that, that's a big, big thing. Um, how did you keep the glue of your team together? Like what, what kind of things do you all do to make sure that you are, aren't, aren't burning out with having to, because it's, it's energy, it's excitement, it's, it's, you know, soul power, if you want to, it's, it's everything to be something for someone else, like you mentioned in the beginning, even the days when it's rainy or when you don't feel like it, or if it's snowing, it's cold outside, or maybe you got a flat tire, you know, what do you do um, to keep, to keep your team together, encourage, energize, and moving forward in the midst of life? Yeah. So I think there are a couple of different, there are a couple of different layers and pieces of this. So in terms of, as I'm working with my student leaders to help put on our orientation program, for that, it's realizing that there's not a one-size-fits-all approach to what it is that they need. Mm. Each of my orientation leaders, while we're all united together to help welcome new students, and all my student coordinators are united in helping helping shape the orientation leader experience and make sure our program doesn't fall apart, right. um, each one of them needs something different to grow as a student leader and to help navigate what it is that they, why they want to come into this position and um, what it is that they need to continue to grow personally and professionally. So part of that is 
building their relationships, figuring out what it is that they need to help help them feel that sense of, I don't want to say buy-in, but it's a sense of, yeah. that, that sense of, again, sense of belonging within the team. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that's been a big challenge over the past couple of years as we've been, our orientation program over the past couple of years has been remote. So with that, that has been a big challenge of how do we help our orientation team feel that sense of connection and feel that sense of belonging. Uh, and I know that's something that myself and my supervisor, uh, Lily Oyerzun, we're we're always working on figuring out how we can help our team feel connected and um, make sure they're getting the growth that they need. Um, in terms of how, um, how I'm working with my colleagues in the office on the pro staff side, um, for that, it's about investing in the relationships, figuring out how, to, similarly to the student staff, but a little bit in a different way. Um, if I like the people who I'm working with and they like working with me, we're going to be able to function a lot more effectively. It also comes down to communication. As much as I like to talk about how great things are in my office, I know the first couple, my first year on, in the position was challenging because I struggled with communicating with others about what it is that I need. Um, for me, as someone who's a very high, who's a high achieving student and student leader, um, if someone told me to do X project, for me, it was, I'm in charge of this project, I need to do all the things. Being in a professional role for the first time, it was like, okay, hold on. This isn't all me. I have other people who I can tap and utilize their strengths to help mm. with these projects. Yeah. Um, so with that communication, with working with others and tapping into the relationships, that's how we're able to help support each other and be aware of what's going on. Um, as we're experiencing triumphs and hurts and pains and areas of growth in our personal life, those things come into our job and we need to figure out how we can help support each other through that. Um, especially as we're seeing on in all levels of uh, the university, there's a huge challenge with staff retention with different yes. positions. Nationwide. Um, so what is it that we're able to control? What is it that we're able to address? And how do we help support the people who are currently in those positions? I think is, um, I, I think that's, that's always on the forefront of my mind. Yeah, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a whole lot of sense, actually. And that's definitely one of the things that I have noticed, like I said, in my traveling. Um, I was in Iowa uh, not too long ago, uh, twice in the same week. <laughs> and I, Iowa, North Carolina, back to Iowa like a couple of days later. Um, but while I was there, I was talking to some of the different, you know, academic professionals there, and they were saying the same thing, that, man, we're we're having a hard time holding on to people right now. You know, some people are transitioning out for various reasons, you know, but what, like you said, um, having to figure out how to, you, you, you never want someone to feel like you're selling them something, you know, but at the same time, you do want them to see the value in a thing. And sometimes that's going to come off, you know, one way or another, but as you mentioned, you know, at least helping your team, whether they're advisors or people leading the tours or, or what it might be, um, helping them see the why. You know, I, I know for me, whenever I do like professional development things for someone like like your team, um, I'll come in and talk about the why. Like if you don't understand the mission behind this thing, if you don't understand the why, the foundation of it all, the house can't stand. It's going to fall down. You know, you can build it on sand. It's going to be there until that wind blows. Next thing you know, we're coming down um, and you don't want that to happen. So like you said, you know, building a strong foundation of relationship um, 
but also coupled with understanding the vision and the mission behind a thing, which are two different things, then man, you, you really do set yourself up to, to build something great. If you can find the right people for sure. Um, that's for sure, man. I only got two more questions for you. I know you got some work to do and I'm, I'm going to get you out of Dodge. Um, I would say, you know, with, with everything that you do, um, like I said, I know that, that people aren't, um, you're not in charge of seeing somebody through from first year all the way through, you know, their grad school and, and so on. But um, has there ever been a time when someone came back and said, hey, you know what, I just want to say thanks. Like, ha have there have there been any kind of, you know, reward stories for you um, when you had students come through? And like I said earlier, yeah, I don't remember all these other folks, but I remember Chase, you know, has there been, do you still have any of those students that might be junior singers that drop in every now and then say what's up to you? you know, how, how does that work on your end? Yeah, I mean, yeah, there have been a whole bunch, with all the different students I've been able to work with from when I was doing peer to peer relationship pieces as an RA to um, grad school work and professional work, there are definitely different faces that come to mind. Um, like some of my residents that I had when I was an RA, uh, some of them became some of my best friends um, even now. Um, and so you, you have some relationships like that, that that start up and continue to last. Um, I think it's also important to remember that like as a, um, for me, it's been important to remember as a staff member, um, the time season that I'm gonna be effective for a student, that might just be temporary and that's okay. It doesn't yeah. have to be the long lasting relationship where someone invites me back to their wedding because right. of how transformational I was. I, well, I think the most surprising thank you experience I've had um, there, my, during my first year in grad school, there was a lot of change that was going on for the RAs. And um, there, a few of my staff members kind of struggled with the direction that, um, our, that our unit was um, directing the RA position. Mm -hmm. um, and out of the blue, a couple of years ago, I got a thank you message from one of those staff members that um, was that was experiencing a lot of challenge and a lot of dissonance with what was happening, um, and I was like, okay, so like even even though that that was a very frustrating experience to go through in the moment, something about that stuck, and um, apparently there was an impact that was made. So it, that was a good reminder to not take even those challenging experiences for granted because there might still be there might be a seed planted that comes to fruit later, um, and you know, currently, like, because I've only been in my cur uh, current role for about four years, the students I've been working with, some of them haven't fully graduated all, all the way through yet. Um, but every so often, I get a student who remembers me from their orientation program. I was at the student gym um, just before COVID, and there was someone who was like, oh my gosh, you're the guy who helped me find a microwave to warm up my food because I had a special diet <laughs> I was on. Great, thanks. <laughs> I'm glad I you out. Um, yeah, it, it's one of the, yes, I love getting the thank yous and loving the recognition, but it, it's great when that happens. But ultimately, it's if I was going my, through my day to day trying to get the thank yous, that would be that would be a little <laughs> rough because you don't always get those. When they happen, it, it's always it always means a lot. For sure, for sure. I mean, that, that's great. Uh, last question for you before I get you out of here. Um, I always ask everyone the same question. Um, no matter what area it is in your life, 
Um, how do you believe you are leading the way? And that simply means that if somebody is to come alongside you and say, hey, you know what? I'm wanting to go this direction. What, what area do you feel like you're consistent in where somebody might be able to say, you know what? Let's step behind Chase and, and, and follow along. For me, I, I, I try to lead the way with, um, with listening to others and trying to be present with them. Yeah. Um, I think for me, um, every single week at my church, my pastor always encourages us to um, share with other people how they're blessed and think about how we're able to share our light with other people. And for me, that's something I really try to do in my personal and professional work um, every day is to figure out um, what is it that I can do with being present and helping to support someone with what it is that's going on. Um, so if that sometimes transfers into someone modeling what I do as they, uh, as my students graduate and go into their own professional careers and try to carry some of my style from one-on-ones, great. Um, but I think what I always try to encourage students is to figure out what, what works best for them, what works best for the people who they're working with. Um, and if, if me sharing that insight, if me sharing what part of myself I can with my students is able to make an impact, um, then that's all I can really ask for. Absolutely. Man, as a chaplain myself, um, I will tell you that one of my favorite, you know, uh, scriptures and pieces in the Bible is saying just to let your light shine, you know, because when you do that, you, you never know what you might be illuminating for someone that might find themselves in, you know, a gray or a hard place. And all it takes is a spark, man. It takes a, a tiny spark in the middle of a very dark room for someone to have hope. Uh, and you never know what that hope leads to. Um, and what kind of avenues of greatness might open up on their end. So, and thank you so much for your time. Uh, I know you got, like I said, a lot of things to get done, but you've been absolutely awesome, and I hope to have you back on the podcast sometime soon. Thanks, Katie. It's been awesome being with you today. Absolutely. Thanks a lot. Hey, thanks for stopping in. This is KD Wilson with the I Lead the Way podcast. Listen, I hope this was interesting. I hope it was empowering. I hope it was helpful. I hope it picks you up and pushes you towards the one thing you know you need to be doing, leading the way. Until next time, it's KD Wilson. Take care.